This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about the Meng Wanzhou extradition hearing now. Of course, the Huawei executive arrested in Vancouver facing extradition to the United States to face fraud charges there. Her lawyer making a final pitch in court yesterday. Uh, to try to avoid that extradition. Let's check in now with Ian Young, the fine Vancouver correspondent for the South China Morning Post, who's been covering the case. Ian, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, no problem, Mike. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for doing this. What's the latest here on the case? Yeah, I mean, uh, we we had our uh, first phase of the extradition hearing this week. Uh, It was four days. Uh, and, And basically, her team was really hammering the point um, that they say that this uh, extradition case fails the test of double criminality, which is that um, to be extradited, someone must be accused of something that would constitute a crime in Canada had it been committed here. Now, her team says that's not the case with what's accused of Miss Mung, that she's accused basically of sanctions breaking, breaking US sanctions on Iran, and that's not a crime in Canada. Okay, she's got a good lawyer there, Richard Pack, who is a very well-established uh, defense lawyer in Vancouver. How did how did his perform in court? Do you think he yeah, made an impression a, on the judge? Yeah, she's got quite an incredible team. You know, we've got yeah. um, not just uh, Mr. Peck, but also David Martin. He's uh, he's he's another top-flight lawyer. Um, yeah, no, no, he gave they gave very strong performance. Um, I think that her uh, her lawyers took up a lot more time than uh, the rebuttal from um, Canada's lawyers for the Attorney General. Um, they basically took up, um, you know, about two thirds of the time. Her team, um, they put in some very detailed submissions saying uh, that this case can't be supported. You know that there's a lot of case law which shows that this can't be supported. But at the same time, you know, 99% of extradition cases do go ahead, so they're kind of, you know, pushing it uphill <laughs> to try to to try to make this case. They certainly, um, they've certainly got the hardest harder end of things. Um, in contrast, the Attorney General lawyer, um, Robert Freyta, uh, put out a very simple case. His simple case is that um, Meng Wanzhou is accused of lying to a bank to get financial services, and that is fraud. A very simple case. Okay, she, of course, is living in one of her multi-million dollar homes in, in Vancouver as part of a $10 million bail agreement. She wears a, a monitoring bracelet on her on her ankle so effectively under house arrest is her legal team fighting to have her set free that so she can go back to china what what are they asking for the judge to do here yeah this submission this week um this hearing was um demanding that she be immediately released you know that the extradition case fails um um so badly on this double criminal criminality issue that, that, that they want her freed immediately now um Justice Heather Holmes, who's presiding over this case, she has reserved judgment. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think it is probably unlikely that she will be released uh, anytime soon. You know, we've got lots of hearings scheduled all the way through to the end of November. But, you know, as I said, she, they, they put up a very strong case. What would happen to her if she was extradited to the United States? She would face trial and charges there? That's right. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. Um, she's accused of uh, fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy in New York. So she'd be uh, immediately transported to New York to face trial. Speaking to Ian Young from the South China Morning Post about the Meng Wanzhou case. Ian, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the fake protesters outside the courthouse this week, which I was just extraordinary. On the day one of the hearing, as she shows up, and you've written about this, you had those protesters lined up 
all holding placards that appeared to have all been written by written out by the same person. Yeah, it was quite uh, supporting an amazing. Her. It was quite an amazing sideshow, wasn't it? It um, was. I, I think it was immediately clear to anyone who's been following this case that these were fake protesters. You know, they, they that for a start, honestly, that none of them were ethnically Chinese, and that just does yeah. not fit the description of the people who have been protesting both both for and against Ms. Meng. You know, so these were effectively non-Chinese kids you know, in their teens and early 20s with all these identical signs. You go up and ask them, what are you doing? And um, they seem to have no real clue of what's happening. And they'd subsequently came out, some of them, and, uh, and told reporters that they had been paid $100 or $150 to appear in what they thought was a music video. It's not clear who actually has been paying them. Um, but they did appear uh, quite prominently in the background of Chinese state media news reports. So... Um, if someone had the intention of depicting them as, uh, as 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 a big wave of support for Ms. Meng here in Vancouver, then they kind of succeeded, at least in terms of the Chinese audience watching those big state media broadcasts. Well, that's one of the things that occurred to me, because when I first saw those those phony protesters, I thought, who are they trying to fool? I mean, it was just so obviously staged and, and fake that anyone would see through it in a moment. But then it quickly dawned on me that maybe this is not for domestic consumption here in Canada. This is for this is for consumption back in China with the state state media broadcasting those photos, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. no one here in, 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 in Vancouver who's looking at this with sort of any sort of cynical eye would say, oh, yes, these are convincing protesters. It, it looked yeah. clearly fake. But, um, you know, in the background of a Chinese state media broadcast, yeah, they're depicted as protesters petitioning for Ms. Meng's immediate release. And that's how they were depicted in uh, a CCTV broadcast about this case. You know, they, they, they were shown as um, as local Canadians calling for Ms. Meng to be freed. Okay, it was interesting to it was an interesting clue, I think, about the uh, maybe the state or China's position on this issue by looking at some of the protest signs. Though I thought because one of them was "Let's free Michael," right? Maybe a reference yeah. to the two Michaels that have been arrested. Uh, by by China and continue to be detained in what appeared to be kind of a tit for tat kind of revenge thing for the arrest of Meng Wanzhou is is China kind of angling here for some kind of prisoner swap that if we give them back Meng Wanzhou they give us back our people. I think that is the subtext of a lot of people's understanding about what has happened to Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor that this was a retaliatory me- measure. Um, for the treatment of Hmong and basically that they are hostages. That's the understanding of the issue. They're accused of espionage, but a lot of people, I think, outside of China um, see this as they're trumped-up charges, they think. And I think yeah. it's clear that there's, you know, that, that there's a lot of problems with that supposition. Um, but, but, yeah, this is not something that's just coming out of China, though. This is something that has been trumpeted by quite a lot of people here in, in, um, in Canada, um, uh, including John Manley, the former Deputy uh, Prime Minister, who have called effectively for a prisoner exchange, which is really quite extraordinary. I think there's something, you know, circumventing right. the legal process to effectively engage in, in in a prisoner swap, which I guess sort of justifies this hostage taking, if that's what it is. Ian, where does the case go from here? You mentioned that the judge in the extradition hearing is now reserved reserved ruling. When do we expect to get a, a decision here? Yeah, uh, we're not sure, but um, there are he- there are more appearances uh, scheduled from in in March and in April and in June wow. and then in October. Um, you know, the, the 
the biggest, the next substantial hearings are in in April, late April. Uh, so uh, we might hear about um, about uh, this application to dismiss uh, before then. What are people in the Chinese community saying about this case? Yeah, I mean, Ms. Meng's case is it does divide the community. I think that um, among mainland Chinese, uh, mainly mainly mainland Chinese. Um, you're going to see quite a lot of sympathy for Ms. Meng because they do see her as having been caught in uh, this big geopolitical battle between the United States and China. And they see in this, you know, echoes of the U.S. trade war. And, uh, you know, in fairness, uh, Donald Trump has uh, held out the prospect of using Ms. Meng as a pawn. You know, he said that he might intervene in her case if that worked to uh, the economic interests of America. So you know, it's not without um, not without some sort of evidence that uh, people are saying this, and that, that's also the point that's been raised by her defence. It wasn't discussed this week, but her lawyers have also said that they will raise um, the issue of, of uh, political interference, and that uh, this case may basically just be a political prosecution. Ian, thanks for coming on. No worries, Mike. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it a lot. That is Ian Young. He is the Vancouver correspondent for the South China Morning Post with the latest on the Meng Wanzhou extradition process.